welcome to Sellersburg United Methodist Church podcast, where we bring our mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world to you, wherever you are. The prophets, yay! Everyone's excited for the prophets. You've been having fun. We've been having fun with Amos. We're back. To Amos, another week, another vision. But before we do, I think we all agree we may need some prayer. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for the way that you speak to us and the many, many ways you speak to us through a song, through a gift, through the words of our scripture, through the work of the Spirit in our hearts as we come together as the church and contemplate the ways that you lead us. Because that's what we want. We want to hear from you. We want to hear your word. So bless what has been prepared. Speak through me in spite of me. Let us hear you in spite of ourselves. And may this time of hearing and embodying in the way that we embrace it now and as we leave this place this day, may it be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, Lord, you and you alone are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. You probably know I enjoy movies and books. Have anyone here seen The Shawshank Redemption or read the book Rita Hayworth and The Shawshank Redemption? Both are excellent. Um, both are tough at times. But we have this opening scene in the movie. This, the whole movie opens up with a character, not the main character, Ellis Redding. He goes by Red, and he goes in for a parole meeting. He has killed someone. He has served time, and now he sits before the parole board, and they ask him the question, have you rehabilitated? And he gives some scripted answer. Yes, of course, I've rehabilitated. I'm a changed person. You better believe it. I'll be among a society, and I'll be a better citizen. And he goes through this and, of course, gets denied. And then the movie starts, and some time passes, years, I think 10 years. Comes time for parole meeting again for Red. He sits before the board. Have you rehabilitated? Oh, yes. Yes, sir. I definitely have. I'm a changed man. Through and through, he gives the same speech. He gets denied. More time passes. More time passes. And finally, he sits in his final parole meeting, and they ask, have you been rehabilitated? And he just kind of shakes his head. What's that even mean? I know what you think it means, but what's that even mean? Am I sorry for what I did? Think about it every day. He says, I wish I could go back and talk to that kid that did that awful thing. I could shake some sense into him. I could tell him how things really are, but I can't. That kid's long gone, and i got to live with that. So stamp the form denial, quit wasting my time. He got approved that day. A change. He lived into a bitter day in that moment in that chair, no longer thinking himself worthy, recognizing he has a past, and he'll pay for it. That part of the movie reminds me of Amos' visions. We're going to hear the fourth today. The first two, if you remember locusts and fire, they're going to destroy everything, but Amos cries out and God relents. But the third we talked about last week, God does not relent. And destruction comes. Today, God does not relent. You'll hear this. It's not a pleasant passage. Admitting the truth often isn't pleasant when it involves things we've done that we shouldn't have done. These final three visions, which the other one we, aren't, we won't get to, it's in chapter 9, 
It describes a scene of little encouragement and little hope. And like a young Ellis Redding, the people of Israel don't understand the way life truly is, which is why this judgment is coming. They only see what is right in front of them. How often do we do that? We don't look and learn from the past. We don't look for the future to which we are going toward. We just look at what's right in front of us in the moment. We get distracted. We get emotional. And we just focus on that moment. And all sorts of bad things happen in those moments. Amen? They don't reflect on the past and consider all that God's done. They don't recognize the impact of their decisions now and how it's affecting other people and how it's going to affect the future. We learned last week that the king and the priest are both corrupt. They're more interested in what God has to offer them than what they have to offer God. And they're ignoring the most vulnerable people in their system that they claim is this great and beautiful thing. We'll hear today about the merchant's class and their sins. The merchant's class, a very small percentage of the people. The vast majority of people are those who work, those who are in the fields every single day, all day long. Only the top few percent hold all the power for all the people. Merchants have learned from their leadership. It's okay to be corrupt. It's okay to think about what the system has to offer me than what I can offer the system. So they would cheat by providing less quantity of what they're selling, but asking for more of the goods that they were going to receive. So when selling grain, they would not separate the chaff from the wheat. They would leave it mixed in and then weigh it. Part of the weight that you would buy then to eat and feed your family would include dirt and the parts that were worthless. Made the mistake this week of cutting the corn cob a little too close to the cob for my girls who have loose teeth and they wouldn't touch the corn because there was all sorts of gritty bits in there and we couldn't separate it. When using baskets to determine an ephah, you'll hear that word, there's like a basket, like a bushel, but an ephah, they would use a basket that was smaller than an ephah and call it an ephah, so they would have to give less. But then they would use a weight to, that's a shekel to measure the silver. They would place the weight on the scale that was heavier than a shekel to receive how much money it would take to balance that. So they gave less, they took more, and compounded over time the people who are already suffering. It's just getting worse and worse. But this isn't the biggest issue God raises. It's an issue. But God addresses the fact that they come to the temple, they come to their synagogue on the Sabbath and worship God like they're living, like they're supposed to live. But the whole time in their mind, they're just waiting for Sabbath to end because they're not allowed to sell on Sabbath. So they're just going through the motions, waiting for it to end so they can go back to building up whatever it is they're building up. They showed up to church, but their hearts were only frustrated and focused on things that had nothing to do with honoring God. So the observance of God was no observance at all. Empty, empty praise, empty worship, empty obedience, empty faith. So with the words of joy I've just shared with you, we'll hear Amos chapter 8. This is what the Lord God showed me, a basket of summer fruit. He said, Amos, what do you see? I said, a basket of summer fruit. Then the Lord said to me, the end has come upon my people Israel. I will never again forgive them. On that day, the people will wail the temple songs, says the Lord God. There will be many corpses thrown about everywhere. Silence. Hear this, 
you who trample on the needy and destroy the poor of the land, saying, when will the new moon be over so that we may sell grain and the Sabbath so that we may offer wheat for sale? Make the ephah smaller, enlarge the shekel and deceive with false balances in order to buy the needy for silver and the helpless for sandals and sell garbage as grain. The Lord has sworn by the pride of Jacob, Surely I will never forget what they have done. Will not the land tremble on this account, and all who live in it mourn as it rises and overflows like the Nile and then falls again like the river of Egypt? On that day, says the Lord God, I will make the sun go down at noon, and I will darken the earth in broad daylight. I will turn your feasts into sad affairs and all your singing into a funeral song. I will make the people wear mourning clothes and shave their heads. I will make it like the loss of an only child and the end of it like a bitter day. The days are surely coming, says the Lord God, when I will send hunger and thirst on the land, neither a hunger for bread nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the Lord's words. They will wander from sea to sea, from north to east. They will roam all around seeking the Lord's word, but they won't find it. The word of God in scripture, the word of God among us, the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. There's good news. You might not have heard it in there. There wasn't much to offer there, but there is good news. They suffered through defeat, the Babylonians, everything that Amos said did come true. They quit listening to the word, and then they wondered why they couldn't hear it. But God did keep the promise to Israel. That's why we have the story. That's why we're here today. There's good news coming. While they weren't privy to it at the time, we are. That was not the end. They came back to the land several decades later. They reunited with Judah and became one kingdom again. They rebuilt the temple. They rebuilt the wall. They became a great people once more. And then God brought redemption and blessing to the whole world through them, through Christ. Praise God. Amen? But when Jesus came to the people 2,000 years ago, you know what he found? Religious leaders and rulers right back to doing what they were doing before. The people that were supposed to represent God to the, to the rest of everyone only represented themselves and what was in it for them. They were corrupted. They robbed the, from the vulnerable in the temple, which is why Jesus flipped tables. They mistreated people in the name of law and purity and obedience. They ignored the vulnerable in the process. They looked only at what was right in front of them instead of looking back and looking forward. They lost sight of how things really are. Jesus summed it up by telling a parable in Luke 18, describing two people who go to the temple to pray. If you know this parable, you know there's a religious and a pious person who's obedient. He approaches, gives his offering, and then goes on a long rant, thank you, God, for not making me like all the sinners around me, that I do all the right things, and thank you for not making me like this tax collector. How a terrible thing it would be, Lord, if I were like them. And the person they're pointing to is praying as well, but from a distance. They won't even approach the temple. Instead, they beat their chest, and they say, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. 
Jesus said it's that one that walked away justified. It's about perspective. Seeing things for the way they are, not fooling ourselves. Israel may have received the five visions of Amos. The first two showed that willingness to relent, but they refused to stand before God with the right perspective and repentance, seeking judgment. Remember, judgment's a good thing. They refused to embrace regret. They refused to be rehabilitated. Regret and rehabilitation are crucial if we want to be ready to live into freedom. How ready are we to truly live into God's freedom? Do you trust yourself implicitly to live into full freedom without judgment, without repentance? Raise your hand. All right, good. I hope you're not raising your hand in your mind. It's hard, isn't it? We want to think we could. I don't know how many times I've told God, from now on, I'm not going to break any rules. And God puts another plank down on the long bridge across my Grand Canyon. Our faithfulness to God is not something we express on Sundays. It's not an item we check off our list. Faithfulness and commitment, repentance, these are ongoing realities in all that we do to invest in the freedom that the kingdom offers us right now. Our past is our past, and I thank God for that. We aren't asked to be chained to it. Some of us have a hard time letting it go. Maybe our own or maybe someone else's. We're to learn from it and trust that God's taking care of that. Amen? Our past may have had dark days like Israel in the time of Amos, but we are a people who don't dwell on the past. We learn from the past while looking forward to the future and allowing the future to guide our steps today. We need to know what life is really about, as Red said, how things really are, which is why we come to God on Sundays and on the other six days of the week. God is our guide to truth. Jesus is the model human being that we must imitate if we desire God's freedom in the kingdom. The Holy Spirit opens our eyes to the reality of our hearts to the reality of our sins, but not to leave us there with no hope. This is a story of good news. The Spirit beckons us ever onward on the path of sanctification, that fancy word that means the walk of faith that slowly makes us better, that we might continue to grow into the perfection that God has to offer in Jesus Christ, that we might become more like Jesus in every way, all the time. And all that we say and do and are the way we do every bit of life, not just in this building. Allowing the Holy Spirit to teach us to face ourselves like Red did that day. No longer hiding. No longer trying to put a facade up by pointing to the wrongs we see in others, but simply facing ourselves. That is choosing to live in a bitter day. Because it's hard. But there's good news. We do it because we have confidence, because we're on this side of all that God brings to help us. Let us acknowledge that we are all sinners. Not to dwell in the shame of it, but to be in the right place in our hearts so that we no longer depend upon ourselves, but we depend upon God's mercy and love. Amen?
And when we are guided by that mercy and love, we give up the facade of our self-righteousness and our arrogant judgment. And like the second person in Jesus' parable, we walk away justified and become more merciful and loving ourselves. That is the rehabilitation God has for us all. Amen. We thank you for joining us today. And it is our hope that you have experienced the blessing of God through our time together. If you'd like to know more about our church community and its ministries, visit our website at sellersburgumc.com. 